0: Because of the coronavirus epidemic, and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. Uh, recording from the safety of a home that's not in Northampton, Massachusetts, but you know, covid still a thing. And I'm joined by uh Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And the hopefully immuno-boosted John R. Roberts. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: had to think about that there, huh? Yeah. A little confused about who's on the show. <laughs> I'm uh, well I'm a little I'm a little jealous. <laughs> oh, I um I got my shot. I my first shot of Pfizer. Hey. LMO. Well done. A, yeah. Uh, if anybody in anybody in Massachusetts, if you are looking for uh, an appointment, I highly suggest. And you're on Twitter. Highly suggest you follow the account at Vaccine Time. Uh, that's how I got my my appointment. If you follow that, they put out a. It's a it's a bot. So they put out the information for like there are so many appointments available in this place. Here's a link so if you if you keep an eye on that then like i did it was like you there are like 600 appointments that have opened up in pittsfield and i'm like click Ooh, <laughs> Sweet. so i got um an appointment for me and stacy so we both have had our first shot and uh stacy is the uh, hostess of a
0: uh, evidence-based
1: um, evidence-based thank you uh so evidence Based errata.com and um, if you so, now we are going to wait until the end of the month to
0: get our second shot, and then we'll be all immunizationized. Uh, and I, then I just wanted to say, you know, hey man, nice shot! <sighs> wow. Okay. Good point, Mike. <laughs> oh. So oh, are we just.
1: Jabbing you, you you genre. Oh, my God. Why did I come back? (laughs) Why do I spend time with you people? Jesus. Okay. You don't. You
0: just Uh, talk to uh, (laughs) (laughs) us. It's like jabbing needles into his skin. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Mike, so if you want to get in touch with us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> let's just move. You're just going to stay on this this whole shot kick for a while, so let's move on. Um, well, fair enough, you're the shot caller. So, God. anyway, you can get in touch with for us love of Christ <laughs> via email at civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints <laughs> at Civil Politics FM oh on Twitter. God. And facebook.com slash CivilPoliticsRadio is our community there uh, You can also shoot on over to CivilPoliticsRadio.com Which is our own special website with Recordings of previous episodes of the show And uh, Supplementals and You know, or or boosters as we call them And uh... I'm going to cut your mic <laughs> I'm going to cut your
1: mic It'll just be me it's and Sue on, on the show <laughs> This is going to be a very
0: long hour, I can tell. <laughs> Look, it's a sickness, okay? Oh, my God. Yeah. And you're down with it. <laughs> <I>
1: just... <laughs> anyway, you guys were talking about the inf- inf- infrastructure last week, I believe? Yes, yes, we, we did. did. We missed your voice. We missed your voice. And, I, yeah, I heard... Well, I got to
0: talk more, so it was okay. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> I heard that you wanted my opinion on something, so... Go, go, go ahead. What what, uh, what did you want to do?
2: <laughs> what, well, did you think that did you think that it's a good bill, you know, good, bad and different it do the things you think we should be doing? You know, what um, do you think of my party's behavior? No, you don't have to answer
1: that. Your party's behavior is always <laughs> a porn. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have I I have yet to see um, the Republican Party act like a proper opposition party uh so that and, and that's unfortunate it's really unfortunate because um they have they have the power to enact change and because biden is going to work with them if they actually want to work together uh and that means compromise but they don't compromise on anything, which is really unfortunate. Um, one thing that's good is that the um, Senate par- parliamentarian said that they can use uh, budget re- reconciliation more than once a year, basically. So they can use it multiple oh, times. Good. So, yeah. so um, they have two
2: more shots or something? I heard. Too. Yeah, they have shots. The yeah, I don't know year. how
1: many, how many, but they can use. We can use that power
0: like a few more times, like a, at least a couple more times. The, the 1974 Budget Control Act stipulates that they can use reconciliation once per fiscal year and no more than twice per calendar year. Mm. However, <clears throat> sorry. However, the parliamentarian uh, ruled that the uh, it is you know. Congruent with the law, uh, to uh, basically issue an uh, an amended bill, sort of like a, a, an add-on, a codicil, whatever you want to call it, sort of like a oh yeah 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 we gotta fix oh, the, the, right. the, the, the appropriations bill, yeah. so here's a little extra bill to add to that, mm-hmm. and so long as it's actually you know uh a, you know an a, an addendum to the actual appropriations bill, then yes, you can use reconciliation uh, rules for that.
2: Which, yeah. And no, the budget bill is 12 parts. So they've got a lot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah Cause they do it in 12 sections.
0: Well, huh. they used to anyways. Well, I mean, they, they've, they've just, been well, they don't anymore. Through... They just do CRs. Yeah. Well, con- and and omnibus spending packages. They just sort of throw it all yeah. in one big thing in part because, you know, well, you can only do reconciliation once a year. So put it all in one big omnibus package. Yeah. yeah. Like, like 12 continuing resolution or 12 different, packages there's 12 know, sections like, yeah, yeah like for different if you do it just the normal way different yep. issues i think that yeah. would be a great way to do it so yeah.
2: by the way um did you hear that they're going to come back with um that biden has sort of opened the door for um oh, should i just forget what it's called when i give you something then it's buried in the package oh um, remarks Earmarks. marks earmarks are on their way back in pork the grease will start the pork will start and
1: Good. The wheels will turn. Good, (laughs) good. I I hate that we didn't have um, earmarks, be like before. Like I hate that they they got rid of that. I'm really really happy. I know there's a
2: twist to your argument, so because I wouldn't expect you to support that. Why I wouldn't expect you to support earmarks, but there's a reason you're supporting it. So
1: there's there's a reason I do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean the the reason that i'm that i that i support earmarks is because um people are selfish especially people in power and the way to get selfish people to do things is to offer deals give them stuff yeah. so if like if you're able to say look if you vote for this infrastructure bill then a lot of the uh a lot of the the parts will be built in your district or something like that you know like if you're if they're able to do that and they're able to say, you know, like, if we do um, these bridges, then uh, your bridges will get done first or something like that, then then people more people will compromise because it'll be in their best interest, because that's how the American system is set up. Like, if you think about it, it's set up. Yeah. We're because, capitalist.
0: Yep. yeah. Well, oh. no, not capital. It's just selfish. i i I Um, agree with that though i I have two uh uh, sort of caveats or whatever i want to put mm -hmm. on there uh the first of course is you know uh everything all of this should be you know explicit and and um you know open to the public yeah exactly Mm -hmm. i mean like like the negotiations you know are gonna be you know informal but like the actual earmarks have to be like spelled out in the bill. They can't just be like, oh yeah, we'll we'll fund this and then, you know, it gets sort of quietly moved around by an executive agency or whatever, you know. Oh, totally. Totally. Um and the the other thing is uh I I agree with you because um uh I think it's always uh you know, politics is always a, a to some extent a contest of interests. Uh, you know, different regions and different uh, uh, oh, professions politics. and whatnot yeah well i mean like like there are huge problems with that because you know like well we're we, you know we're a heavy coal mining state and we you know and we you know get a lot of money from coal producers so we want more coal more coal gar- gosh darn it and it's like yeah all right but coal is gonna kill everyone on the planet so we gotta yeah. stop with the coal and it's like okay, so. uh You know, like you'll get people fighting to the last ditch for things that are objectively a terrible idea because there's something in it for them. But, you know, the the interests of thousands of people in Pennsylvania and West Virginia and whatnot uh, who are, you know, involved in coal mining, you know, their interests are real, you know, like just because we want to stop coal mining. You know, doesn't mean we get to say, and because you people lost, you know, go to hell. It's like, yeah, we we, we have to take care of our fellow Americans uh, as we phase all this out. And, uh, yeah, see, that's
1: the, I mean, that's the thing, like if we're going to have a representative government, that means people are going to be representing the views and the wants of their hopefully the views and the wants of their constituents. And that means. Um, they will do the best they can to do the best they can for their constituents. Not the country's constituents, their constituents. But the other side of that is that they still are representing, they're still representatives in the federal government, which means they need to also support the uh, improvement of the country. And when you have these interests all swirling around, Having having as many tools as you can to change people's minds, to convince people to um, say or or to get people to to go a certain way, like you need to be able to have these things. And when and when Obama like took them away, it it was like, oh, yeah, we're they're all going to really try to just make the best laws they can and and help the country because they're patriots no that's dumb no <laughs> i don't I, I never understood that no people like if you if you work that hard to get into power and you work that hard to become a sitting senator or representative then you're going to be kind of cutthroat no matter who you, you need are. spoils you need, you need like, spoil yeah and yeah. you need victories for you so they so the point of pork pork barrel and the point of earmarks is to give little victories to uh to whoever if you need their vote and then they will then they'll probably vote because then they'll say well i brought this this many jobs to my to my district because i fought the president and Got him to to give us the you know like w- whatever you know let the, you let people have like little wins, if you let people have little wins then that adds up to a larger win for the for the general public. So
0: good. This is uh, it's good. <laughs> so so do do you uh, agree with us, Sue, or do you disagree?
2: Um, I agree. I agree that it's a way to get things done. I also remember how out of hand it was. And Mm -hmm. how everything that was being done was about all that stuff and not the bigger ideals Mm -hmm. and the bigger. So maybe in some ways it's just a pendulum swing. But, yeah, I'm I'm a little more rigid and um, sort of uh, not against earmarks, but certainly against secret earmarks or earmarks like they used to do it for mass mutual here in massachusetts yeah Uh and they would always do it they'd say oh and we're going to reduce the taxes on a specific insurance company that's headquartered in springfield massachusetts you could read the law and you'd go who is that and then you discover there's only one insurance company you know that has the mutual or you know they described it so that it was one single company that was always benefiting from these tax breaks. It was horrifying. Well, that, I
1: mean, that's the thing. Like anytime you have uh, something like that where you give people free reign, you you let people have uh, some slack to to do what they want, you still have to have controls. That's what regulations are for. You can't just say <laughs> you need, what, 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 what you
2: say. Yeah you have to name them they did that on purpose so you wouldn't know who it was yeah you, you know, have to be sort able of, to yeah, it's just everybody agreed they kind of shook hands and winked and yeah
1: we still have to have um like open information for the public to 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 see yeah. but being able to say like look i'm going to say that we want to to build this thing in this district and then the other person is yeah. like, yes, this is what I've wanted. And they can come out of the yeah. meeting, whatever happened in the informal de- negotiations, they can come out of the meeting and say, okay, this is what, this is what's going to happen. They got to be honest and open about it. But so some competing
2: business has the chance to say, Hey, wait a
1: minute. Yeah. Nah. Oh, I like I, I, playing field. That's it, the thing. Like it, yeah. you need to have playing perfect. It's not yeah. perfect. And like, I don't, yeah. I personally don't like that it's a, a factor because people should just want to improve the country. But everybody wants to prove the country in their own way. So you all right. have to come together in some way.
0: Well, so, and yeah. the whole idea of like, what does improve the country mean? Uh, yeah. I, I remember seeing an interview with uh, years ago with uh, Ray Kroc, who was the guy who basically turned McDonald's into the global force that mcdonald's is you know um and i remember when they only had one arch <laughs> no kidding they no, really wherever. did they started out with, yeah new jersey or wherever it was they oh, one okay arch. i thought they started in california but w- wherever california. it doesn't matter yeah, yeah the, the, the point is you know ray Kroc <laughs> basically took it over from the mcdonald brothers and and it, and it became mcdonald's but um the, 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 the point uh, I'm referring to here is just at one point, uh, someone was talking with him about um, somewhere in Orange County, California, I think it was, but like, you know, the town they were in. And the person asked him, you know, what he thought about, you know, the effect uh, he'd had on the, on this, this particular area, you know, where it should gone from like, you know, like a pleasant agricultural area to like this grimy, dirty strip mall kind of place, you know like, you know, crappy businesses and lots of congestion and whatnot. And, and, you know, Ray Kroc said, Oh, I think it's great. And the, the interviewer was clearly surprised. And it's like, what's great about it. And it's like, look, you know, when I came here, this place was all like, you know, you know, dirt roads and cows. Now everything's paved. You've got, you know, electric lighting everywhere. You know, it's all modernized and updated
2: water. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And it's like, uh, okay. Like, I'm not sure it's better, but like, But, you know, but the idea of just like, you know, the roads are all paved, you know, like in the 1930s, when so much of the U.S. didn't have paved roads or roads that weren't very good, even if they were paved, just like the idea that like we've modernized everything and look at all these great roads we've got, you know, it's, you know, it was, it was a project from a different time. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, speaking of paved roads and everything, just going back to the infrastructure bill, I know, you, like we got off a little <laughs> bit um, going off of uh, pork belly and or whatever—I forget what earmarks, whatever. Um, I was just—I'm—I'm I'm just on the White House uh, site uh, detailing the infrastructure bill, and um, there are a lot of good things here. Uh, this is the White House. Basically, press release. So, but mm-hmm. just the just the headings, just um, uh, improving rail service, modernizing public transit. Uh, there's there's a whole section on um equity in uh, infrastructure, which is something that nobody talks about really. Like uh, yeah, the way a that new,
0: a new angle. Yeah, yeah that good. that was one of the things I particularly uh, uh, called out last week because I just thought that's really important.
1: The biggest thing for me is uh, broadband. Because yeah. he said broadband Huge. is infrastructure, and it's true. We need bar- bro- yeah. everybody needs broadband. This is vitally important to the future of our country. We need a good broadband system, a national broadband broadband system, so everybody has access to high speed internet. Like I've said, I've said this before. There should be hookups, and in every residence, there should be electricity, there should be water, and there should be internet
2: and sewer of some kind well
1: depending on where you live yeah but like se- <laughs> yeah, I'm, septics, I'm not saying yeah. like that's all i'm saying like those yeah. are it should be Major it shouldn't system. be just yep. like kind of a utility there should be the option of every single house no matter where you are you need to be able to access the internet that should be Depends- a right
2: the pandemic has really brought that to light on NPR. I think it has. yesterday morning,
0: they it sure has. they had a,
2: a beautiful piece on the Adirondacks in New York, which are, you know, New York's a very developed state, but mm-hmm. there's lots of places where people have no access and they're describing how their children have to go somewhere else to log on for school or they just, they can't, you yeah. know? when they're at nana's house they can't they can't do their homework and you know there's no alternative there's nothing there's no possibility
1: yeah the it, amount of people that are it's still, a still shame using dial-up
2: country yeah you know
1: AOL still exists oh yeah i know people have AOL accounts they, yeah it, people still use dial-up in this day and age it's disgusting oh, yeah. i hate it up,
2: <laughs> up, i where i had my farm in cummington we we um we had dial-up yeah. Until we bought a, a business class used, um dish, so I could work. You know, work from home. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really um, it's it's really something that other people couldn't even get that but They 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 were too far from the transfer from the uh, the switch.
1: Yeah, I mean so, they, yeah. They, there are people, and that's that, right here in Massachusetts, thirty miles away. There are people that build houses that are like expanding communities. They're they're putting down roots and. They called a cable company and they're like, I want cable at my house. I want internet at my house. And the cable company is like, Well, the transfer station's like uh, this far away. <laughs> yeah. It's too far away where we would have to yeah. build another one. If you want internet at your house, you have to give us $25,000. And it's yeah. insane. It's insane. Right. And there are different technologies for getting people internet, like Starlink.
0: Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, there's, there's yeah. DSL through the phone company. The wild, Ugh, DSL. That was the wild sure. But I looked into that back when I bought my house in 2006. I remember. So, you know, when I had the phone service set up at my house, uh, I actually had to have a guy out to, to fix one of the phone lines. And he was telling me how great, you know, broadband from Verizon or, you know, DSL from Verizon was and everything. Like that. I said, okay, that sounds great. I'll give it a try. And I called them. And told them, like, your guy was telling me how great this is. I'm interested. And they said, you know, oh, well, we're never going to have that as an option at your address. We will never lay the lines yeah. to do that. Too so, far um, away
2: from the, from the station. Yep. Yep. It's,
0: it's, I forget what it is, what the
2: distance
1: disgusting is. Disgusting, like I said. It's disgusting. I hate it. <laughs>
2: Well and, and I I looked into a T one line and a T three line, you know, sort of just buying a high power line, not D S L, not plain old telephone lines, but actual, you know, broadband to your house giving your self your own token ring, and uh, it—it's money, but it's—I swear it's—it's it's only like twice what cable is, and then, you know at least you'd have real high speed. But even that you'd have to pay for it from the nearest location that it existed, and and they—you know—they'd rather do it for a business. They don't really want to do it for a household. And just like the grid, there's not sufficient capacity. You know they haven't really built it out. So and optical fibers, you know, the best, but you can't get that here. FiOS anything optical fiber
1: so even with uh like our broadband ratings like our speed ratings they like compared to other countries we might as well have dial-up it's horrible our like what is rated as high-speed internet in our in our country like technically i have high-speed internet i have 100 megabits um down and 10 megabits up that is milk truck that it's it's and it's way better than we had before we and i'm talking to my friend who lives in west virginia like a while away from pittsburgh um and he's getting like 400 up and down he has like actual high speed internet and that's the night even where he is yeah Yeah, who who knows where? where, i don't know where he is but still it's like if you depending on where you live you might be screwed over and um if we actually spend money in in addition to we need new bridges we need new roads in a lot of places we need to not privatize these things and we need to just build them out and make sure that they're good for another like 100 or another 50 years because our bridges are 50 years old Um, i
2: I like private public partnerships but i don't like it when somebody gets the rent and they get exclusive right to the rent they, exactly they, you know it's the opposite of public interest to me so. it is
1: and and the thing is when people have like a like a private partnership and like a private corporation is taking care of like this stretch of road or this or this bridge
2: they put a toll up
1: they're gonna put <laughs> they well put no, not toll. even gonna put a toll <laughs> up they're gonna put a toll up and they're not going to maintain the bridge as they should because it would be cost prohibitive prohibitive they want to make money off of it. And if you want to make money off something, you have to lower the cost. And if you want to make money off of a structure, that means lowering the cost enough that, the, uh, that it, it remains profitable. And yep. I don't Miami want Marshall, anybody but... thinking like that with a bridge.
0: Well, and now, of course, look, even look. if they are making money, they may not be making enough money. So- exactly. Even with profitability, they may not be satisfied. So yeah, sorry. So you were saying? So, well, I was going to say. So here's an
2: inconsistency, and in you got your your thoughts. So you like um, uh, putting extra money in so politicians can get their cut with um, pork barrel, and you know, um, like not what, their cut. What are what you talking about?
1: Their cut. Uh, um.
2: We were just, I'm, Earmarks. I apologize, I'm losing. Yeah, I Earmarks. mean, no, that's I mean, like I
1: uh, you were saying there, I'm yes. saying for their district, it, it wouldn't be to benefit right. the politician directly. That's the, I just want to make sure that you, you understood that. Yeah. Part.
2: And, and companies, I mean, we are saying it's the same motivation, you know, that's, that tension is the hard part. It's sort of like people need to have something in it for them to get their cut you know, whatever it is, the power and glory for their district. Mm -hmm. And, and yet, um, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's good for the politicians. That's exactly how business is run. I mean, that this whole country is such a capitalist country that it really is all about who can, who can squeeze, you know, who can, who can get all the reward and not have any of the risk. That is the constant adventure.
1: Seriously, Mick, Sue, I can't I, – I'm so glad that you understand the, the problems with capitalism and that you are joining us <laughs> in uh, wanting well, you to restructure. you just
2: the <laughs> You like, this, you like mean, the, like the marketplace like,
1: competition we're kind of, of interest over, groups. We're kind of over time, but th- this is the last thing, uh, and we should probably stop. the The thing is that when when we do earmarks or something with politicians, that is them trying to benefit their specific district, and maybe some of their businesses there. But it's supposed to be benefiting their district, which is a political thing. If we make if we have incentives for private business, that is incentivizing the business, and they don't have the the district's interests at heart at all, unless they're like an actual, like they're run by someone that's civic minded. But when we, when we talk about putting money into a certain district, that, would, that can also come with specific uh, restrictions and um, where the money can go, what the money can be used for. If you incentivize a business, like say you can have control of this bridge for 10 years, that isn't going to be really benefiting the public good depending on how they decide to run that bridge. So there's a, that's the difference like private versus public incentivization. That's a word I made up probably. Yep. Um, so that's why I like, I like thinking about pork barrel and earmarks and everything, because ultimately that money is going to the district. And then if you, uh, if you do the same thing with a business, that means that money is going to remain in that business. It's not going to benefit like everybody as much. Anyway.
0: Well, that's, a, that's a good point. We should uh, we, we did go over time a little bit for the first half. So let's take a quick break, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. to evidence-based radio science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective every week we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive friday nights from six to seven on valley free radio 103.3 fm or at evidence that's six to seven p.m fridays on valley free radio Hey, and we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still talking with Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. And uh, we seem to be continuing to to finding things to talk about with uh, the proposed uh, massive $2.2 trillion infrastructure bill that the Biden administration has floated to people. You know, John was looking over the the White House uh, website with all the the information on it. Uh, so th- there, there's a lot to pick through. Um, one thing actually also, I don't know, I know John often watches this, but uh, one of the issues is, um, you know, uh, Senator Joe Manchin has been objecting to uh, expanding the, uh, the corporate, uh, tax rate. corporate tax rate, bringing it back up to 28%. He thinks 25% would be better. And yeah. of course that would create a, you know, a, multi-billion dollar shortfall because that's uh, a significant amount of tax money that wouldn't be coming in. But um, the thing that uh, struck me is if you watched uh, John Oliver's last week tonight on Sunday, among other things, he talked about how nobody really knows just how big a national debt can get before it becomes a problem. And uh, you know, that like a lot of the conventional wisdom has, you uh, you know, not panned out. Uh, so, is the U.S. national debt too big? No one really knows. <laughs> uh, and and Sue and I had talked about the uh, the pros and cons of uh, increasing taxes and increasing spending. And uh, you know, uh, I have little sympathy for the for the pocketbook uh, pangs of the rich, but I do think that the the logic of spending a lot of money on infrastructure, on doing things that are going to help uh, uh, develop the economy and make people's lives, you know, either like materially improve the quality of people's lives. Things like, you know, everybody's got uh, cheap broadband. Everybody's got clean dirt, clean drinking water that isn't going to give their kids brain damage. Everybody's got a reliable electric uh, electrical power grid, you know, Everybody knows that if if, when they get old, they'll be, you know, uh, uh, reliable, uh, safe, uh, you know, healthcare for them. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about leaving your elderly parents alone and who knows what's going to happen to them because they can't take care of themselves. Like all of these things are real concerns. And I I think they're an excellent use of public money. uh, Even if we do wind up uh, spending more than we take in, for a while in order to do it i I think ultimately will you know increase the general wealth of the country enough that we won't notice that 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 it won't won't bother us it'll it'll wind up being well worth the money but you know uh i don't know uh, i don't know if i convinced sue about that or not and i certainly didn't hear what genre had to say uh about that so i don't know what do you guys think (laughs) you you. I think last week you were making the argument that it's an investment
2: and not spending.
0: Well, I mean, yes, it's it's yeah. it's investment spending as opposed to you know weekend in Vegas spending. <laughs> you know, which well, the is intention
2: all- is growth, right? The intention yeah. is growth. Which, you know, growth is a, a controversial topic too, a little bit because we can only grow so much more. We're kind of using up all the resources on the planet. Mm.
1: But. Um, <laughs> I think the intention is, is public benefit, which might lead to growth.
2: Well, if you pave, if you put pavement somewhere, people Mm -hmm. consider it progress, right? I mean, that's kind of the, yeah, that's the paradigm.
1: That means that people, uh, if you pave, if you repave a road correctly, instead of just, you know, like, let's take, let's take Massachusetts and in like Northampton, let's say, uh, if they, they fill potholes. If they completely repave the road, that means they will have to fill less potholes, like patch less in the future, and they'll and people that are driving on those roads will have less um, issues with less running over potholes yeah. and damaging their vehicles. And damaging their vehicles uh, would cost them money and might keep them from getting to their to their job and that's not like a growth thing that's not like trying to grow the economy that's just trying to stabilize it and and keep people healthy and and happy you know and that's uh that, that is a good use of public money like just stabilizing the country you know making sure that bridges don't fall into the into the river that's not like that will that will cause some growth but that would the more important thing is the, um, is the public good. Sorry, I interrupted you. I just like, just the the growth thing kind of, kind of stuck in my head. Well, and it's,
2: you know, there's (laughs) a lot of people, especially the environmentalists, and I'm a conservationist, as you know, and conservative, Mm -hmm. but conservationist, that, that theory about just continuing to grow and to, you know, make better roads and pave over dirt roads and, bring up electrical grid and, you know, population growth. I mean, mm-hmm. there is an argument that it, it should be stabilized, which is sort of what you're saying, Stay stabilized and made made um, made structurally sound.
1: We shouldn't so have to worry about it. a bridge falling into the river, which is something that people worry about. That oh, shouldn't, that shouldn't be something Or lead in your water like in Flint? Like, exactly. Yeah. We shouldn't have to worry about that. We should have, like... You should be able to just trust that the water is safe to drink. It's, it's, I don't see how that's
0: hard, you know? I think part of the problem is is that the way we measure, you know, economic growth, you know, it's all like, like, like there's really only one metric, you know, like is business profitable? Well, you know, how much money did you spend and how much money did you bring in? Like, how many employees do you have? Yep. Well, well, the thing is how many employees you have isn't, uh, actually directly connected to how profitable you are. It has an, an oh, yeah, Look at Microsoft. Yeah. Microsoft, right. they have I mean, no employees and yeah. I mean, Yeah. You could have, you gross. could have, you know, thousands of employees and not be profitable or thousands of employees and be profitable. And in part, it depends on how much revenue you're bringing in, but also how much you're paying them and what kind of benefits you're providing. And, you know, uh, if you can squeeze your workers and pay them, I know half of what you, half of what you paid them last year, well, you've just, you know, significantly increased your profitability because you're paying less for the same, you know, work and that's profitable. On the other hand, that's really, really bad for all your employees. And they're probably struggling because of this now. And, you know, uh, uh, there are all kinds of downsides to that. But if all you're measuring is, you know, dollars in dollars out, then it all looks the same as if, you know, I invented a new, a a new technology and now everybody's able to do so much more for less effort. And, you know, that's, you know, productivity has gone up. So profits have gone up, you know, I mean, it's, so you see, this is the same problem with talking about like economic growth. Well, what do you mean by economic growth? If you mean like there is more more money overall, but only fifty people control it, then yeah. is that really economic growth? That's why I think that we we like thinking like
1: focusing too much on growth is a detriment because we need to focus on the the like I said the public good. You know what what will what what improvements can we do to the country like for that will benefit everybody and that will create this and if you're thinking about it like in a capitalist sense just paving a road or in like just putting in like light rail or improving um a city's uh, uh public transit system just all around that means more people can travel across the city that means more people can go to your store but that also means that more people can go to jobs their their mobility is increased um people can people will be healthier and that means that that your workforce will be more productive like you can if you want to lead it back to capitalism like in making structural improvements is really really good. The problem is that when you think about it at, in a business sense, you have people thinking, okay, well we're going to spend like 3 trillion dollars right now, what's the benefit? And the benefit is in 50 years we won't have to spend another 3 trillion dollars. You know? That's the that's that's the that's the cost benefit that you really need to think about. When people Talk about like the deficit, which is different from the debt, but when people say like, oh, we're we're spending so much money, we're only taking the X amount of money. What is that that money getting spent on, you know, like I would rather the country's deficit spend the hell out of itself if we had uh, like if we if we were healthier and the populace was happier, like I would want to deficit spend. Because it's not like the country is gonna close down. It's not where, I mean <laughs> it's it like people that say the country needs to be run as a business, it's very, very short-sighted because we as a country, as a sovereign nation, we need to play the extremely long game. I'm saying a hundred, like we we invest in things right now that we will see uh, improve the lives of people through the next hundred years.
2: Seven generations, yeah.
1: We need to- Which is what the Indians do.
2: Yeah, you're supposed to be the seventh seventh generation from now.
1: Yeah, you need to- you need to do things like a country. This is a business, a business needs to make money and they need to make money as fast and as regularly as possible. They need to make a profit or provide a service that will eventually lead to major profits. So like Twitter, I don't even know if Twitter is still profitable, but like it's profitable yet, but like Tesla was not profitable for a very long time. They might still not be profitable. There are a lot of Really popular um, companies that just don't make money because they are still in development, or they're blah 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 blah.
2: They need to be growing, growing the assets so they're like a large cap because they have hundreds of buildings and hundreds of employees and lots of control over all kinds of assets. Mm -hmm. But they're not very profitable. They're just they've just grown into a huge, you know, Fortune five hundred. Company. The thing is that they and,
1: still need to make profit. The country doesn't really need to make profit. That's not the point of the country. It's not to make profit. Well,
2: but but here's a little different way to look at it. Mm-hmm. A government collects taxes. Shouldn't they collect enough taxes to do what they're doing so they have some margin? In other words, they can't they can't do more things than they collect taxes. You know, if you consider tax money to be their income so no margin no mission you know they have to they have to they do have to
1: have um some sort of economy of money they i mean one and you you can't do it too much but you can just make more money Like that's that's something that a government can do that a a business can't do. A business can't say, "Oh, we're not making enough money. Let's let's make more money." The thing is that I know I hold on. (laughs) I know that that isn't the best way to go. And when when we're talking about how how countries uh, stabilize their economy or like how how they use their taxes, I agree that that we should have a smaller deficit. We should trying to, to spend within like some, some way around our means. The point I'm trying to make is that a government can't worry as much about um, having a uh, good money in, money out dynamic. You can't worry about balancing a budget as much as worrying about taking care of the people. It's flipped. A country is not there to make profit as and really we as a country if we take in so much money then we should put some away for like a pandemic you know something like that and but then the rest of it needs to be spent on the people just put it out we can't it it can't be like we have this much money in our in our bank accounts you can't do that that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) hope that made sense
2: yeah. And I think a lot of, I think history would bear you out because a lot of times people spent money because something happened and they had to do something, you know, the the leadership had to do, you know, whether it was a <laughs> pandemic or a war or a natural disaster, um, you know, the, the, the yeah. impulse and the, the values would say that you take care of it. I just think on, on the whole, I'd like to see governments live within their budgets.
1: Well, oh, I'd love uh, to see that too. It's just not really feasible a lot like it, like and we have a, we have climate change coming i want to spend all the money all the money yeah. and more money than we have i want to spend all of it because we need to have it's um, going to be bad if we don't it's going to be yeah, terrible gonna people be are going to die people yeah, are already yeah. dying but the, like that's the thing if if a company does nothing then it closes down and the people lose their job if a country does nothing people literally die and so the stakes are way, way higher when we're talking about budget, talking about how much we spend, where we spend. This, this bill will improve the lives of millions and millions of people and it will safeguard their lives in the future.
2: Safeguard the future. You know, exactly. Isn't there an economic theory the Keynesian that, you, that it doesn't really matter what the deficit is? I think it's,
1: yeah there is um
0: yeah yeah because a- like Keynesian like, econ- economy Canadian,
1: yeah yeah we can we can just yeah. print money i mean
0: <laughs> well we can and obviously there are you know there are problems with doing so uh it can get out of control inflation can can crush an economy for sure you know the the weimar mm-hmm. republic is a wonderful sort of obvious example of that but um i think i think a a a basic thing to to think about is um well so i'm trying to remember i think it was an episode of planet money that i heard a few years ago uh which i'll look to see if we can link in the show notes but they they basically looked into what happened when the united states actually paid off its national debt which we did sometime in the 19th century and apparently it caused some real problems Uh, I guess, um, you know, because there are real benefits, I guess, from running a national debt from the U.S. government borrowing money. Uh, And I can't remember what they were exactly, but I mean, part of it. It probably
2: greases some skids, right, because they're putting money in. Sure. That's interesting. Sure. And and
0: also consider, you know, I want to invest some money. Uh, What's a safe investment? How about the U.S. government? Yeah. You know, I mean, so, there's a reason we're the yeah, reserve country
1: of the world is still.
0: Well, know. yeah. Bret- Bretton Woods in post-World War II. But I mean, you know, even if even in Italy, you know, I might still buy Italian government bonds uh, just because like, well, you know, it's the government. You know, it's like my local, you know, my local administration. I'm, I'm investing in, you know bonds for municipal improvements here in my town or whatever. So, you know, th- there's, there's, there's more going on than just um, we can't just think about it in the same way that we would think about a, a non-state actor, a non-sovereign actor. You yeah. know, corporations have, have, have limits and restrictions just like that, that ordinary people do too, in some ways. And uh, they can't do what uh, a, co- a country can do. You know they can't mint their own money, among other things. So.
1: And you know, like I'm sure a lot of businesses are hoping they'll be hundred-year businesses or two hundred-year businesses, but most aren't That's by true. a wide wide margin. The country is a hundreds years old entity, and you need like we need to play the long long, long game if we want to still have a country in like 300 years. Well,
2: like China does.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, look at Britain, look at, look at like the European countries, like, like that they're, they're like 500 years old, you know, and we want, we want to have that. We don't want to like have a failed state. So, because then
0: people will die. You know, I I think also it's worth thinking and I know we have to wrap up in a minute, but just it's worth thinking that, that, you know, when you talk about cost benefit analysis, like should we invest this money? Who's it going to benefit? Who's it going to help? You know, money that we invest in 2021 that is still helping people in 2121 is money that's still helping Americans. It's still an investment in our country that is paying off. So that's worthwhile uh, in a way that. You know, a business isn't going to think like, even if even if, you know, Mike Co is going to be around in 100 years, (laughs) is it worth putting in money, you know, to help shareholders then? I mean, you know, who knows? Depends if it's producing good puns or not. I think, you know, I I imagine there's staying power with that,
2: the ability to entertain (laughs) with puns. So here's here's the question. Do, oh, do no. you guys th- think <laughs> this is—is is this the grenade? No, I asked it a little bit a while ago. But um, is this a transformative? Is Biden going to be a transformative president? God, I hope so. I
1: have no idea. I think it really depends way- on on what what he's what he's allowed to do.
0: I agree. I think it's way too early to tell. I think he's he's begun in a way that could be transformative he uh, wants to be his
2: intention yeah yeah, yeah. His intention
0: yeah he's setting his sights high uh and i think uh think there are circumstances that could make this a moment where he could really be a transformative president but yeah i mean who knows you know <laughs> i mean yeah anything can happen and certainly the republican party's working hard to stop him so <laughs> So you talk to your people, for the love of God.
1: <laughs> Please. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that I'm afraid we ha- do have to wrap it up here. So that's going to do it for civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we've got Subculture coming up next at 8, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we'll have a podcast of our show uh, sent out to the services uh, early on Monday morning. And we've got a repeat broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. So listen to us all over again. And that's going to do it now. Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.